0: So I'm going to speak about the book of Daniel. Uh, First of all, Daniel, the meaning of Daniel is God is my judge. Uh, Daniel is one of the major prophets. We We remember Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel. We have the book of Lamentations. And we have Isaiah. So five books are the major prophets. And I just want to start with the key that I think is something precious in the book of Daniel and will help us tonight to understand the whole book and it's basically in uh, chapter 2 of Daniel. If we go to uh, verse uh, 20, second part of chapter 2 and it says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his And it is he that changed times and seasons. He removed kings and set up kings. He gave wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. It is he that revealed deep and secret things. And basically, this is one of the keys because it speaks about wisdom and might. And in the whole book, we are going to see how wisdom and might uh, appear in every chapter. So a little bit of the context, perhaps something that will help us to understand is how in uh, in 1 Kings 12, we see the division of the kingdom. Perhaps we don't have it here. It's in the other chart, but we remember how uh, the kingdom uh, was only one, and then it was divided in the time of the son of Solomon. And then in 2 Kings 18, we have how Israel is taken by Assyria. And then in 2 Kings 24... Judah is taken by Babylon. So, this helps us to understand a little bit more the context of Daniel. So, Daniel was basically um, in here. So, if we read uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, it says that in the third year of the reign of this guy here, which is uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. So, Last week, uh, Mike helped us to understand how we have the last uh, five kings. Perhaps in in here we have the last three kings: uh, Jehoiakim, uh, Joachim and Zedekiah. So basically, Daniel was in here, but his prophecy was from here to the kingdom of the Persians. Um, so if we go to Daniel, well, basically Daniel 1, one it says that it started in the reign of Joachim. But if we go to Daniel 628 it says that this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So basically Daniel was um, was in a time of uh, the kingdom of Babylon and in the kingdom of the Persians. So something that I want to tell you and something that is really important to, to have here. Is that there are five kingdoms. Uh, perhaps the first one that you know, it's, we have the Assyrians. So this was the, the kingdom who conquered uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. And we have more of them in 2 Kings 18. And after these ones, we have the Babylonian Empire, which are also called the Chaldeans in Daniel 5. And in the same chapter... We find the next kingdom, which are the, the Persians. And then we have the Greeks of the Greek Empire. And then we have the Romans. So in Second Kings 18, we know how the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom of Israel. And then we have, in the time of Daniel, uh, we can read that in uh, verse Uh, One which says, uh, well, basically, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So the Chaldeans are also the Babylonian Empire. So they conquered the southern kingdom. And then we have uh, in Daniel 5, if we go to Daniel 5, we might find that at the last, uh, the verse 30, it says that the king of the Chaldeans, Belshazzar, which was the son of Nebuchadnezzar, was slain. And then it says that Darius the Midi received the kingdom. Uh, so the Midi or the Persians are the same kingdom. And it's beautiful because it just speaks about how God removed kings or removed kingdoms. And then he set up the new kingdom. So basically, it's all controlled by God. So we, have, we can trust in him because he's in control. Something uh, about where the book was written, if we go to chapter 8 of Daniel, in verse 2, it says that, uh, Daniel chapter 8, verse 2, it says, And I saw in the vision, and it come to pass when I saw that I was in the fortress of Chushan, uh, which is in the province of Elam. And it's, it's interesting how this is the same place that is called in Nehemiah uh, chapter 1, verse 1, And it's also the same place, which is called in the book of Esther. So it's interesting how all of these three books, this place is really important. Uh, So we know when Daniel was written, approximately in the time of the captivity. And we know that where he was written, in one of the places which is mentioned in Nehemiah and in Esther as well. So we are going to start to speak about who was Daniel. Uh, If we go to chapter 2... And verse 25, we will find how uh, it says, uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 25, Then Ariok brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the sons of the captivity of Judah. So we saw in uh, chapter 1, verse 1, how Nebuchadnezzar came into Babylon, and he took Daniel, and some other um, young guys uh, into the city of Babylon. And in here we can see how Daniel was one of those captives. Um, if we go back to chapter 1 and verses 3, 4, 5, we'll find many other characteristics of these men. So it says, uh, it says in uh, chapter 1, verse 3, that the king spoke to Ashpenaz, the chief of his eunuchs, that he should bring of the children of Israel uh, both the royal seed and of the nobles, youths in whom was no blemish and of good countenance. And this is really interesting. It says, skillful in all wisdom and acquainted with knowledge and understanding science. And we go back against to the key, uh, that God is the one who gives wisdom, who gives knowledge, and who gives science. So there are some characteristics of this man who is called Daniel. He was one of the, of the captives on the first wave. He was also of the royal seed and of the nobles. So that means that Daniel was, um, was of Judah, and also that Daniel was skillful in wisdom, knowledge, and science. And very quickly, if we go to chapter 1, the same chapter, verse 17, it said that God gave them knowledge and a skill in all learning and wisdom. So it's precious how is God the one, as we read in chapter 2, wisdom and might are his. It is he that changed times and seasons. He removed kings and he set up kings. So these two things are very precious in the book of Daniel because is God the one who gave him knowledge? Is God who gave him interpretation? And is God who gave him uh, the science? If we jump to uh, the division of the book, I'm going to tell you that we may find uh, three divisions in this book. Uh, So the first division we can do is by language. So you know how the Bible was written in three languages, Greek, mainly the New Testament, and the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. So Daniel, it might be divided by language. Uh, Chapter 1, 8 and 12 were written in Hebrew. And chapter 2 to 7 were written in Aramaic. So that's uh, perhaps one way to divide the book of Daniel. If you don't like that division, you can have the division by interpretation. So, chapters 1 to 6, Daniel interprets dreams, and others have the visions. And chapters 7 to 12, others interpret the visions, and Daniel is the one who has visions. So, again, by interpretation, chapter 1 to 6 is Daniel who interprets visions of others. And chapter 7 to 12, others interpret the visions of Daniel. And the one that I like the most is the next one, another division, which is division by chapter. So basically, the division by chapter is... Uh, uh, in chapter 1, we have the introduction of the book. Then we have, in chapter 2, the first vision of Nebuchadnezzar, which is the king of Babylon. Uh, in chapter 3... Perhaps a phrase who may help us to understand the chapter is the burning fury furnace. I will let you know a little bit more about this. Chapter 4 is the second vision of Nebuchadnezzar. Chapter 5, we have a writing of a hand. Chapter 6 is the Dance of Lions, perhaps a really famous chapter for every one of us down here. And chapter 7, first vision of Daniel. Chapter 8, second vision of Daniel. Chapter 9, vision of Daniel, and chapter 10 to 12, the fourth vision of Daniel. So it's, this book is really interesting, and it's, it really encourages us to understand that God is the owner of wisdom, and might is his. And if we go to James, we remember how if we ask God for wisdom, he's able to give us wisdom. It is he that revealed the deep and secret things. And if we have this in mind, we may go throughout the whole chapters and try to discover more about this. So in chapter 2, if you go go with me, uh, in the first verse it says that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. And then in chapter 6, what Nebuchadnezzar was asking is that the people may show him the dream and its interpretation that it says in, um, in verse 6 of chapter 2. But what happened? They called the, Chaldean the Sansa, in verse 10 before the king and said... So, Nebuchadnezzar dream dreams. Then in, chap- in verse 6, he's asking them to show them the dream and its interpretation, which is something basically impossible. And in, in verse 10, they answered him. And they said, The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon earth... That can show the king's matter. Therefore, is no king, however great and powerful, that had asked such a thing of any scribe or magician or Chaldean. But if we remember, the key of the book is God, the owner of wisdom. So they were right, because there was no man on the earth who can interpret and who give the dream to Nebuchadnezzar. But basically, what Daniel did in verse uh, 19 it says, uh, sorry, in verse, yeah, in verse 18, it says that Daniel spoke with his three friends, Ananiah, Meshireh, and Azariah, and they would desire mercies of God. So basically, Daniel understood that God is the, is the owner of wisdom, is the owner of, is the one who can reveal the deep and secret things. So he went to God, he prayed to God, And then in verse 19, the secret was revealed unto Daniel. So this is really interesting. If we go to chapter 4, I told you how chapter 4 is about the second dream of Nebuchadnezzar. So basically, the same thing happened. The king has a dream. And then if we go to uh, verse 7 of chapter 4, it says that, again, then came in the scribes and the magicians and called the ants and the astrologers, And I told the dream before them, but they did not make known to me the interpretation of it. Why? Because it's not possible for a man to interpret dreams. It's only God who is able. But again, Daniel is able to interpret the dream because God gave him the understanding and the knowledge and the wisdom. If we go to chapter 5, I'll tell you how chapter 5 was about the writing. So, basically, in verse 1 it says, The king made a great feast to a thousand of his nobles. And then, what happened in verse 3, They brought the golden vessels. But, basically, they were in in verse 4, Praising the gods of gold and of silver. So, they were doing idolatry. And in in verse 6 it says, That in the same hour came four fingers of a man's hand, And brought over against the candlestick, So basically, it was a a hand while they were having the fist, and the fingers of a hand are are writing something in the wall. But again, it's something mysterious, it's it's like a deep and secret thing, and men are not able to understand it. Why? Because it's not our our capability to do those things, and Daniel is able to do it. So we found, once again, how God is the owner of knowledge, how God is the owner of wisdom, and the owner of power. So that's the first lesson that we found in the key, that God is the owner of wisdom. But then the second key is that he's the one who changed times and seasons. He, de- he removed kings, and he set up kings. So in chapter 1, we saw how God gave uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Jehoiakim, in his hands. So basically, Jehoiakim is removed, and Nebuchadnezzar came, and he's basically, the new king of, of the earth. And then um, we have the kingdom of the Chaldeans. But then, in, um, in, second, in, in the second chapter of Daniel, I told you how Nebuchadnezzar had one dream. And the dream was about a great image. We saw that in verse 31. And the great image was made of four metals. So the four, the four metals of the great image is basically about four kingdoms. And once again we see what the key says, that God removed kings, and God is the one who set up kings. So those four metals are basically about uh, the Chaldean Empire, and then we may have the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, and then the Romans. So basically that, the interpretation of that dream is about the next kingdoms. But it's, it's interesting how Daniel was living like many years before those things to happen. So it's basically God speaking through Daniel. And then in chapter 4, the second dream of Nebuchadnezzar is about how there is a big tree and the tree is chopped down. And when the tree is chopped down, the interpretation of that dream is basically that the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar was about to finish. And that's what happened. If we go to chapter 4, verse 31... We see how it says, The kingdom is departed from thee. And then in, 30, in verse 36, it says, Oh, 34 And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lift up my eyes unto the heavens, and my understanding returned to me. And I bless the Most High, and I praise and honor him that lived forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. So basically, God removed the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, but then he restored the kingdom of him. Once again, we, we go back to the key. Is God the one who removed kings, and is the one who uh, set up kings. He's in control of everything, and we can trust in him, that he's in control. Um, in chapter 5, the same thing happened. The son of Nebuchadnezzar is slain, and then Darius, the myth, received the kingdom. That's Again, what happened? The Chaldeans, uh, sorry, the Persians, they conquer the Chaldeans. And if we go to the visions of Daniel, which are chapter seven, chapter eight, and chapter eleven, we will see the same thing once again: that God is uh, removing kings, God is setting up kings. But what is so precious is if you go with me, because it's about the Lord Jesus. In chapter seven, verse thirteen to 14. it's so precious because it's about the millennium kingdom of the lord jesus and it says in verse 13 uh, this is about one of the visions of daniel one of the four visions that he had and it says in verse 13 of chapter 7 and i saw in the night visions and behold there came with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man and he came up to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is of everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So this is basically a revelation to Daniel about the millennium kingdom of the Lord Jesus. Because the Lord Jesus will have an everlasting kingdom with everlasting dominion. And basically, it's so precious, because after all these men, one day we will have the most wonderful kingdom, which is, which is going to be the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. So that's the second lesson. First lesson, God is the owner of wisdom, and he gives wisdom to those who are wise, and he gives understanding to those who have knowledge. The second lesson is that God is the only one who removes kings, and God is the only one set up new kings. And the lesson number three, which is very important and I'm going to tell you very quickly, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, it says, Them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall shall be lightly esteemed. And I told you in chapter 1 how Nebuchadnezzar came um, to grow some people of the loyal the loyal seed of of Judah to Babylon. It was Daniel and three of his friends. But basically what Daniel did in verse 8, it says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not pollute himself with the king's delicate food. So basically Daniel was honoring God, and Daniel was not receiving the, the, the food of the king, but instead of that he received just vegetables. He was honoring God. And then if we go to verse 8, uh, sorry, uh, verse 15, at the end of ten days, ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and were fatter in flesh that all the youths that ate in the king's delicate food. So basically, Daniel honored God. And then he was honored by God as well. And his countenance was far more better than the, the countenance of the others. Then if we go to chapter 3, we have the experience of these three of the three friends of Daniel, and they also honor God. Why? Because the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, if we go to chapter 3, verse 1, he made an image of gold. And what he was uh, asking the people in verse 5, we find how he was asking them to fall down and to worship the golden image. But what these people do, what the friends of Daniel did, basically in chapter 17, it says, well, basically, if they didn't worship the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, they were going to be cast to the the burning fury furnace. But what they said, if it be so in in verse 17, chapter 3, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fury furnace, and he will deliver us. Out of thy hand, O king, but if not be known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image that thou hast set up. So, Daniel honor God in chapter 1, chapter 3, the three friends of Daniel honored God, and what happened? They were delivered, because, um, and this is another picture of the Lord Jesus in, in verse 25, we found how Nebuchadnezzar saw a foeman. So all these three men were, were cast into the, in the fiery furnace. But then Nebuchadnezzar saw another four men. And the four men with the, with, the, um, with the similitude of a son of man. So basically they were honored by God as well because they didn't die. And in chapter 6, we found again how Daniel honored God. And I'm going to go very quickly with this because we don't have much time. But in chapter 6, um, it's interesting how Daniel was an excellent spirit, but the people were jealous of him. And they were trying to, to find a way to, to kill him or find a way to, uh, to destroy him. So in chapter 4, we find that um, the presidents and the satraps sought to find a pretext against Daniel with respect to the kingdom, but they couldn't find any pretext of fault, inasmuch as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. So basically what happened is that in in verse uh well, in chapter seven we found how they established a royal statue against all those who were praying to their gods during the time of thirty days. But Daniel in here he's against the royal statue. As before, in chapter 3, we found how the three friends were against the king. In here, Daniel is going against even the decree of the king as well. Why? Because he was honoring God. And those who honor God will be honored by God. But those who despise God will be despised as well. So that's the third lesson that we found in the book of Daniel. And lastly, because we don't have much time, I'm going to go very quickly with this one. In Matthew 5:16, and it's something beautiful that we saw... Uh, Last Wednesday, Chapter uh, Matthew 5:16 it says that your light does shine before men, so that they may see your upright works and glorify your Father who is in in the heavens. So basically, we are lights in this world, and how precious that when we honor God, God honors us, and when we honor God, uh, the people will see the upright of our works, and that's that's basically what happened in the book. Uh, in chapter 2, I told you how uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Daniel is the only one. God gave him w- wisdom to understand the, the, the dream and to reveal the interpretation to the king. But then how precious it is the answer of the king. In verse uh, 47, when the king saw the great wisdom of Daniel, that God was, was with Daniel, in verse 47 it says, the king answered Daniel and said, of a true it is that your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, because thou was able to reveal this secret, because no man was able to reveal this secret, but only Daniel, because God gave him the knowledge and the wisdom. In chapter three, when the three friends were cast into the fiery furnace of fire, at the end, when obviously the king saw how they didn't they were not uh, burned with the fire. In verse 28 to 30, it says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke spoken and said, Blessed be the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and who changed the king's word and yielded their bodies. And they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. How precious that the king Nebuchadnezzar Praise the God of these men who honor God. And this is a great responsibility for us now to honor God because other people may worship the Father, as it says in Matthew 5.16. Uh, and glorify your Father who is in the heavens. Why? Because we honor God and God will, will be honored. And then in chapter 6, lastly, just to finish, we remember how Daniel was cast into the, into the den of lions. Because he worshipped God and the decree says that he was not able to worship God or he was going to be cast into the den of lions. But he didn't obey the decree, instead he he was able to honor God. And at the end when he honored God, in verse uh, 25 it says, King Darius wrote unto all peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and is steadfast forever, and his kingdom that we shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even, even to the end. So we saw the four, the four great lessons of, of Daniel that we found in, uh, in his prayer in chapter 2. That once again, if we go back, wisdom and might are of God. He is the one who changed times and seasons. And we saw all over the book how he changed kings and how he changed the times. He removed kings and he set up kings. That was the second lesson. And the third lesson, he he gave wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. The third one one is if we honor God, he will honor us. But if we despise him, he will despise us. And And the fourth lesson is... That after we honor God, people will glorify our Father which is in heaven. So this is a great responsibility for us. To pray God that he, will, that he may give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And also to understand that he's in control of every prime minister or every president or every authority that we have here on earth. Uh, the third one, a great responsibility to honor God and to know that he will honor us. And the last one, to know that we, if we are faithful, he will be glorified in heaven. So there are many more things about the book of Daniel. Perhaps this is just a glimpse of all the beautiful things that we can find in here, in the book. Uh, I really encourage you, perhaps something extra, but I don't have time. In chapter 9, we will find how we have the, the, the lesson of the 70 weeks of Daniel. And it's precious. Uh, I think we don't have time, but... I really encourage you to read chapter 9 about the 70 weeks of Daniel, which is really interesting to have a better understanding of what's going to happen in the future. So thank you very much.